And we are live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host, and I'm joined by Seth Wintraub. How are you doing today, Seth? I'm good. All right. Uh, sorry for the audio quality this week. Uh, we, uh, I, I, I'm traveling, and I did bring my mic with me, but as soon as I took it out of my bag, I broke the cable on it. So now we're working up AirPods. So if the audio quality is not good, blame it on Apple. Uh, huh. Though they, they are the previous generation i think to, to be fair and um all right but we have a ton of interesting news to discuss this week and the, the biggest one of course it's uh it's tesla tesla stock <laughs> and what boosted the stock this week in a big way which uh, i think is gonna have some repercussion beyond tesla too i think but uh, it was the uh, uh, everything that's happening around earths and what they did this week with the big tesla order the deal with Uber and everything. We're going to discuss the whole thing and how it unfolded this week. Uh, but first off, a big thanks to Electrify America, who's sponsoring the show this week. Uh, they have the largest public fast charging network in the U.S. And um, we'll get have a little bit more to say about them later on the show. But thanks for sponsoring the podcast. All right. Um, so it started on, I think it was Monday. Yeah, it was Monday. They, um, they, they announced that Earth... Uh, that is, they they announced that they uh, placed an order for a hundred thousand Tesla vehicles, uh, which is uh, arguably the largest order of electric cars out there. Of course, it's been compared to uh, Amazon's order of a Rivian electric delivery van, but in terms of a, an actual car, uh, I think they might be right about that. It's probably the largest out there, and uh, there's a bunch of interesting thing around that order too. And we're gonna get into that because. Uh, in and of itself is a hundred thousand electric cars, uh, model threes, and they they didn't uh, discuss the actual uh, value of it um, at first. But Bloomberg sort of had the news before everybody else, uh, before Bloomberg released a, a press release, and uh, they did discuss that uh, it was worth around four point three billion dollars. Uh, and then if you look at the model three, you look at the cost of the model three, four point three billion dollars, a hundred thousands of them. Uh, it basically adds up to the base price of the, the Model 3 and especially the standard range Model 3. And uh, But last month, actually, because they did increase the price recently. Um, and when when a, a rental company orders a large order like that, uh, generally, it, it means that uh, it, it means they get a discount on it and a large one normally. But um, the, the price that was reported by Bloomberg sort of pointed towards that the fact that they might not have uh, received a discount. And then Elon Musk himself went on Twitter and confirmed that they didn't give them a discount. So Ertz decided to order 100,000 vehicles at the consumer price, or at least the consumer price when they did place the order uh, apparently last month. But so it, this is major because normally a lot of rental companies, what they do, they, they place large orders like that with specific automaker. And then they, they use the car for a certain period of time, and then the uh, that they receive for a large discount, and then they try to sell it around the time where it makes sense with the mileage, with the usage, uh, around the same price as they did for the for the cost of the car, or a very small loss. Obviously, that's probably not what's going to happen with those cars if they if they didn't get a discount. Though at the same time, if you look at Tesla use prices these days, uh, the the value doesn't drop a lot, so they, uh, it's probably a good investment for them. Uh, but then, what happened too is that um, 
Hertz at the same time announced a, a deal with uh, Tom Brady. Uh, I don't think he, I don't think he needs an introduction, but uh, they are, they are doing a whole campaign uh, promoting Hertz. But I mean, it's almost pretty much a Tesla advertisement at the same time that they're doing. Uh, so that this is uh, what what they call it. Was there a, a name for the new campaign? Just let's go. I think let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Which is becoming a common phrase in sport. Just yeah, yelling, <laughs> let's go. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is interesting in itself. This deal, of course, with the size, but also with the fact that now a lot of people are going to get to try Tesla vehicles um, just to renting it for a few days if they're on vacation or whatever. And uh, I don't know about, about you, Seth, but also like as a longtime Tesla owner, when you are traveling and you want to rent a car. Uh, it's nice to be able to have the same experience as you do at, at home with with your own Tesla. So absolutely, uh, I mean that's that's one of the like you know kind of things that keeps us as Tesla owners grounded, or you know as the EV owners grounded because there's really not many EV options in, at rental car places. You know, mm-hmm. Hertz did have uh, the Model S uh, at like uh, San Francisco Airport, but it's like you know four hundred dollars a day or something crazy. Yeah, it's in their prestige category or something like that. Right. Like th- this is going to be more. I don't. I don't know if it's not going to be like in that like uh, like a cheap category, but but still, right, a lot more accessible. For sure. Uh, yeah. So a- absolutely, it's going to be w- a way better experience for everybody, not just Tesla owners. But um, yeah, so they, they kind of go after that market at the same time, which is becoming a large market of Tesla owners. If you're traveling, you, you're going to go for a Tesla, but at the same time, they're giving a better experience to everybody else, and they are getting more people in uh, electric cars which later on might lead to sales for tesla too so that that whole idea in itself sent the tesla stock surging to a new record the trillion dollar valuation and when they get to that in a second but then the hurt story itself started to evolve a little bit so then elon confirms there's a discount on it but then two days later Hertz announced a deal with uber um a deal that they actually already had a deal with with uber to um help them rent vehicles to their drivers because uh, not everybody knows this, but not every Uber driver or Lyft or whatever, for that matter, uh, they don't all own their own cars. Uh, a lot of them will rent the cars and uh, use basically as an expenses for their business uh, of uh, driving people around on, on the right hailing hat. So they already had a system to rent them to Hertz. So Hertz take care of your insurance, take care of everything around that, makes it like very simple to just get in a car and start Ubering with it. But now they announced a deal where they're going to onboard 50,000 of those 100,000 Tesla on that network. So my understanding is that 50,000 is going to go to Hertz normal rental fleet at airports and other locations for their normal rental customers. And then 50,000 is going to be basically reserved for for uber drivers um they even said exactly like uh, they said at first it's going to be 334 dollars a week but that includes insurance and maintenance uh so everything all in you can be a uber driver pay 234 dollars a week you get access to a tesla and you can um get on the start to earn money doing uh making rides and uh we already reported on that before but Uber also has a, uh, an internal program to encourage drivers to get in, into electric vehicles. Uh, that includes uh, an extra $1 per ride. Like No matter how long the ride is, uh, if you have an electric car, you get an extra dollars in its full incentive. So if you uh, if you give, I don't know, is it realistic to say 300 rides a week? 
for a Uber driver? Uh, what's that? Like if you work five days, that's, uh, I don't know, 40 a day. That seems a little high. A little high, yeah. But uh, you can see that you can get pretty close to like covering the uh, probably at least half of the cost of your of your car a week just with that extra dollar. Uh, so that's um, that's nice. And actually, that two hundred and thirty four is going to go down to two ninety nine a week uh, once the program ex- expand. They say. Um, so another way to get more people in Tesla seat. It's not only in a rental fleet, but it's also in a riding fleet now. And. Um, I don't know if you remember, I said that was way back. I don't even remember when. I mean, I probably just started at I check, I think. So around 2015, 2016, something like that. But uh, Steve Jurvetson, who was on Tesla's board at the time, was uh, on the panel with uh, then Uber CEO. I don't remember the guy's name, the controversial guy that was like pushed out. Oh, um, uh, Kalanick? Uh, yeah, something like that, I think. Travis Kalanick. Travis, Travis, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, uh, he he said on because Tesla. That's when Tesla was also starting to talk about autonomous driving and everything. But of course, that was like lofty goals back then and everything. And uh, see, German pretty lofty. Still pretty. <laughs> <laughs> but but you, like already back then, they were saying it's coming in two years or something like that. So, but anyway, uh, the CEO of uh, Uber, Travis, told Steve Jurvetson that he would order half a million Tesla vehicle if they were autonomous. Back then, so now now it's not quite ten x smaller than that, but still pretty pretty big order. Uh, and and as you reported, they could go up to two hundred thousand. Yeah, so that's the other thing uh, that I want to discuss. So a few days uh, a day after that, uh, both Mark Fields, who you might remember as a former CEO of Ford, uh, was now the interim CEO at Hertz, and um, the new CEO of Uber, Mister. Dara Korosashi, I'm probably murdering his name right now, but Dara. Uh, yeah, Dara, yeah, Dara, sorry. Uh, he, they went on a CNN and uh, they uh, discussed the deal. And during the deal, uh, Dara was asked uh, if he was confident that that the Uber drivers will take them off on, on that offer, 50,000 of them. In the, I think it's the US only, I might be mistaken, but I think it's probably or North America. Uh, would take them up on that offer. And apparently there's around a million Uber drivers in, in uh, North America. So 50,000 of them is decent chunk, but yeah, not, not, not that much either. Yeah. 5%. So would you take him up on that offer? And uh, the um, he said he's very confident that's gonna, it's going to happen. And then Phil's added to that. And this this is where there's some controversy here uh, in terms of the total. And I'm... I'm Literally talking to Uber, uh, to, not to Uber, uh, to uh, Hertz and emails right now about it. Fields uh, said that uh, it could grow to 150,000 Tesla that can be provided by Hertz to Uber as well. Uh, but so that's that's why I got conf- well, confused. Me, I, I, I don't, I didn't think I was con- confused. But then Hertz the, the, themselves seems to be confused by uh, Marcus' uh, comments. Um, I'm, Hopefully, I'm going to be able to clarify that by the end of the day because I'm in, I'm in emails with them right now. But the way I understand it, Hertz is 100,000 Tesla on orders right now. Half of that going to their fleet. Half of that going to Uber over the next year and a half or something uh, until 2023. Uh, the orders is placed 2022, but they're going to provide them to Uber up to 2023. And he said specifically that the 50,000 to Uber could grow to 150,000, specifically to Uber. He said, uh, Hertz to Uber. And uh, so that would be 200,000 vehicle total. 
uh, from Hertz that Hertz would order from Tesla. I'm understanding. Then, uh, but then again, uh, they reached out to me today, and they were like, uh, "I'm not sure that's exactly what he meant." Uh, but they seem to be themselves confused about what what uh, Mark feels meant. So I sent it another email just now for the podcast to see, make sure we're on the same page. But it's either between 150,000 and 200,000 uh, vehicle that they're going to order. But my understanding is that uh, it, the or the, the one from the Uber would grow to 150. Um, so that would be a hundred thousand more than the order that they have on order right now. So the optional is a hundred thousand to Uber. More. A lot of cars. A lot of them. And uh, of course, if we uh, take a look at Tesla's production capacity right now, which was an interesting thing that uh, Elon actually said, I brought up, it was because we're going to talk about the stock price now. Tesla's uh, valuation reached a trillion dollar. How much did it close at today? I didn't... Uh, 1114. 1114. Okay. So what's the market cap on that? 1.1 million something. Yeah. 1.119. Woo. uh, Trillion. Trillion, of course. Trillion, yeah. (laughs) It's it's insane. And, but to be fair, it's not the only catalyst. There was maybe a few other smaller catalysts this week, but also there was a a big, fairly big one was uh, Morgan Stanley. Uh, Adam Jonas, the analyst there, who's probably one of the most followed analysts on Wall Street when it comes to Tesla, increased his price target from $900 to $1,200 on Tesla stock. So this is a significant increase. It's getting close to it though now already. Yeah. <laughs> but, that was uh, prescient. Yeah. Maybe he knew something that we didn't know about this Hertz order. But uh, so assuming that that was in the most, the bulk of the increase and that Hertz was responsible for the bulk of the increase there. Elon Musk's point is like he didn't understand why it boosted the stock so much because Tesla is not demand constrained right now and the Earth's order only added to the demand um, while didn't do anything for production. Like, but Tesla is still limited to production and whether they have this order or not from Hertz, it doesn't really change anything for them in terms of production capacity. So it won't really change the number, <clears throat> excuse me, the number of cars that Tesla is going to deliver next year or the year after that. It's just going to be that you, if you want to get a car or even Hertz, well, I mean, it depends when, when you place your order, really, uh, are going to get your car later. That's all that, that's all it means. Um, now I would argue, like we said earlier, that the, the, the order from Hertz also has benefits beyond the actual revenue that's going to bring Tesla just by getting more butts in, in Tesla seats, basically, whether it would be as a rental or with the Uber deal now. And Beyond that, for Tesla and for electric vehicle at large, um, this is just another great example that if you have a fleet, whatever kind of fleet it is, rental, uh, whether a government fleet, whether it's a business fleet, um, why are you not updating it to electric vehicles? Because the sooner you upgrade it, the, the more money you're going to save, the, the better your balance sheet's going to look. It, it just makes a ton of sense, and Hertz showed that, and Hertz itself is benefiting a lot from that deal, really. So, uh, what what I think it's going to do is going to uh, encourage other companies that manage large fleet to do the exact same thing that Hertz did this week. Not necessarily with Tesla vehicles, of course. Tesla vehicles are the most appealing right now for for something like that. Like, you, you, there's not a lot of other vehicles. I think you could have done that with. Uh, I don't know. Uh, on top of my head. Uh, Maybe like the Ionic 5, but 
even then, like Dominique and Hyundai produces, like yeah, they're they're really way behind already, and and of course everybody's behind, but they're they're particularly behind. Yeah, if you want that kind of volume that Ertz wanted, I don't think that anybody else right now could have done it other than, than Tesla. Well, Chevy probably could have done it with the Bolt, but I don't know if anybody'd really want those at the moment. Yeah, but even then, what was the what was the top capacity of production of the Bolt ever? Like at at its best, it was never yeah, more than yeah, than fifty thousand units, maybe something like that. Like it's never been that great. It's never been six figures or anything like that. So yeah, I think there's a lot of benefits towards that. But yeah, okay, we we can still discuss a trillion dollar value here. <laughs> Look at this here. Look at this nice little chart here, thanks to uh, Brand Dude uh, 87, tracking the market cap of all the automakers. You have the top 20 here. And the top 20 is getting very interesting, and it's a clear indication of where the market is going and why I keep saying that if you are not thinking, as an automaker, not thinking about capitalizing your gasoline car business and going electric and just replacing production capacity with electric vehicle production capacity you, you you're going to fail because you see right now tesla has a trillion dollar which is more than the two number two three four five six seven eight nine and i think maybe ten combined combined again and and then you look at another thing which is in the top 10 right now you have tesla of course at the top no, no close second. BYD, another electric vehicle manufacturer at Ford, over a hundred billion dollars value. Yeah. You go a little bit down. You have Neo, whose volume is not that impressive either. And Don't forget still, Great Wall. Yeah, but Great Wall I think also has gasoline cars though, right? BYD actually has a few gas cars, I think. Well, plugins, only plugins. plugins. I, think. Yeah. I don't think they have full full uh, gasoline. I think Great Wall still has full gasoline, unless I'm mistaken. Um, Neo, and then even like you, you, you go, you have not have to go down that far with Xpeng at 41 billion, which is still more than Hyundai, still more than uh Mazda and all and all those guys. So you close to Honda, and then Lucid's there, and they've so, yeah, I don't even know if they've gotten a car out yet. Uh, no, tomorrow, 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 tomorrow all right. Well, they start their life at 40 billion dollar valuation, that's pretty good. And I think it they're up from that by now. Like that was that was earlier this week. So that's it's so, it's a little bit insane how the market loves electric vehicles. It's amazing that uh, General Motors, Toyota, Volkswagen, Daimler, uh, BMW, they all just blew this one so hard. Like ten years ago, they should have been, you know, ramping up. Five years ago, they should have been like all hands on deck, and now now they're freaking out because of this. But they should have been. They're freaking, f- out. They're freaking out, and they're not at the same time. This is this is what I think uh, needs to change right now. Because for years, you have the naysayer about Tesla that's been saying like, "Look at Tesla's volume. They're not producing it." Like they they go like revenue per car delivered with Tesla, uh, not revenue, sorry, uh, stock value per car delivered versus GM versus Ford versus all those people. And they're like, doesn't make sense. They're like, doesn't make sense. But we need to remove all long-term value associated with any gasoline car production because it's going to disappear fast. So right. It's, it's almost negative. It's it's uh, yeah. stranded assets. Exactly. So so stuff has something value to that. So then if, if you go by electric car delivered, the stock value 
per electric car delivered, then Tesla is the most attractive one out there. <laughs> right. It's just crazy. So at the trillion dollar valuation, which of course you can still argue like they might be a little bit ahead of uh, of themselves, but if and if I sing a little, I might be also like underselling it. But and 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 even Elon would say that he would, I think would be one of the first to say that. Though he kind of changed his tune more recently, but. There, there's an argument to be made there still, but I, I'm, I'm uh, talking as a comparison point with other automakers. So uh, I, think, I think this is something that we need to change our mind completely on right now. And uh, hopefully it's happening. And because stock market, if I mean, I don't know how many of these companies would really need to raise money uh, right now, but Tesla would be at the best position to do it, even though they're not talking about it. Are you surprised that Toyota's valued so highly currently? I'm surprised it held on to this valuation uh, so long. Yeah, I mean they're still they delivered so many cars right now. So until everyone changes the mentality that I just discussed, um, it, 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 they will hold on. But I think that mentality is changing right now. So so I, I think their stock change, the stock price could change with it. Uh, but I mean, I, I think there's last year they were, or even this year still, they, they delivered more cars than anyone even in the U.S. So. All right. Um, a few more Tesla news that we're going to discuss really quick, and then we're going to have a few non-Tesla news to discuss, uh, which is uh, a change for our recent weeks. <laughs> uh, but uh, the new paint colors, they were revealed to the, uh, the Tesla app update that came uh, earlier this week. So, I mean, if you've been following Tesla's option in the last few years, it's been kind of stale, really, in uh, color options. <laughs> like, uh, since they move like their main, their standard color to white, uh, there's not there's not that much change really. Uh, even for the Model S, uh, well, of course, that has been has been out of production for a year, so it's not you know that wasn't that big of a deal. But Elon has been talking about uh, updating the color palette for for the not just the Model S but other Tesla vehicle too. But he's been mostly associating that with uh, Gigafactory Berlin that is going to have a more advanced paint shop, and he said that's going to allow more colors. So we don't know where we are at with that. But what we do know is that there are some new colors planned. And the app showed it this week with uh, three new colors. One that we already knew about that Elon already confirmed, the deep crimson multicoat. Then there's also an abyss blue multicoat. And then there's mercury silver metallic. Hmm. Here, uh, a Twitter user that, uh, that uh, scraped the code from the app Tesla Adri. Try to do a visual representation of these colors, but uh, based on the one that was in the app. But of course, like look at your look at your app at your own car in the app and the color and look at the actual car. Like it's not it's not a perfect representation. So I wouldn't focus too much on that. The crimson we saw in the first uh, picture looks a lot more purple than the the red that's down in the. Uh... Yes, yeah, so the one you're talking about is this one here. This is the Elon's own car that uh, was an early prototype of crimson uh, red, and uh, yeah, I do see some purple in it. But also, it's, it wasn't like the kind of multicolored colors. The the way that the light hits it like changes right. a lot. The color, like I, I, same thing happened with my uh, Model S, my, my signature red. If it's in the sun, it's completely different. Uh, well, that, that's true for most cars, but even more true for multi coats, I think. So uh, that might be what's happening here with this, this color. All right, with the uh, mobile app update, uh, if you also get the 2021.36.8 update on your car, so latest app update on, uh, on iOS, apparently it's not ready for Android, 
you do get sentry mode live camera access. So we've been talking about that for, for months now, but uh, it builds on sentry mode, which, uh, as we all know, set invented mm. <laughs> back in 2018. That's exactly right. <laughs> There's no question, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was you were definitely one of the first to suggest it to Elon, I think, and uh, when he was asking for features. But uh, yeah, so everyone knows Sentry Mode. Basically, your car records based on the autopilot cameras around it. You record events when they detect someone approaching the car. But it made sense since we have the capacity. Why not from your mobile app uh, get access, remote access to the, your camera view and, and see what's happening? Very much like a, a Google Nest camera, basically. Um, so they did that, and now it's available in your latest app update, so you, you can you can play with that. But what we didn't know when the update happened, and we just posted about it today, uh, is that uh, this this feature is not the same for everyone. If you have an older Model S, that's that uh, older Tesla vehicle period, that's that's what you get. But if you got one of the newest one, uh, 2019 and up, with the pedestrian, the speaker for the pedestrian warning sound, you get an extra feature on top of that, which is um, the ability to broadcast audio through the car at the same time as you watch the, the live view, very much exactly like an S camera, you, you can do that too. Um, so there was a quick demonstration right here. I don't know if you can hear the audio. Testing, testing. Testing, testing. That's pretty cool. So there's even a voice modifier on top of it. So when you talk, they, they change the voice and uh, make it more... Uh, Ominous, is that the word? Ominous. Ominous. Um, I'll, they can talk back to you, but you can see the reaction or whatever. So you can you can scare some people that are messing with your car for whatever reason. It's good because if you have a very high voice, you know, you sound like you're not scary. <laughs> but now you sound scary. Yeah, oh, you, you, or you sound fake. Or fake. <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't sound real at all. You sound like you're in witness protection. Yeah. Uh, we have a quick update on full self-driving beta. We, I, we like to release one every week. It's uh, I keep an eye on the very important program for Tesla. And uh, this this week, uh, Elon said that they're going to slow down the rollout of the update. So the next one, 10.4 over 10.3 came on Monday after uh, there was a, some issue last weekend with 10.3. Tesla pushed it, and then uh, they realized that some people were having problems with it. So they uh, rolled it back to 10.2, but uh, they managed to fix it pretty quickly, and then they released 10.3. And then basically every two weeks, there's been an update. um, Skipping a Friday, basically. So now now they're skipping this Friday, and next Friday is going to be 10.4. But Elon uh, and... um, Elon did mention that 10.4 is going to improve left turn across uh, fast traffic. So when you're trying to le- take left turn, you have to check on both sides, make sure that uh, traffic isn't coming. And that's that's been a tough uh, tough thing for the for for self driving because like a human, you kind of need to creep a little bit forward to make sure you can see the traffic coming from your, from your left. And the angle is not is not perfect for Tesla vehicles to do it for the, for the camera. So the the car now is going to be able to creep a little bit more uh, confidently to to not get in front of traffic, but see traffic coming so you can take that left turn. So it's going to be interesting to see how the behavior, behavior changes on that front. Uh, and uh, the other one, the other improvement is stopping for gates. Not sure what that means, like an actual like, like a parking lot gate or like something like that. Probably. 
Yeah. It seemed like a, a little bit more of a corner, uh, corner case. Like if I'm pulling into a parking lot, I might as well just grab the wheel at this point. But of course, this is the, they're trying to address all corner case for a true full self driving system at one point, though there's some doubt about that. But still. Uh, so, but the other thing that they, is coming with 10.4 is a slowdown of the rollout. So he says that now uh, they're going to first go from the QA fleet when they release an update, so the, the quality insurance testing internally, to employee cars for a day. Mm. Uh, so just a day. <laughs> and employee cars, I assume it's like employee cars outside of the QA fleet. So just like you might be like a Tesla content, but you you have FSD data and you can provide feedback to Tesla. Um, and then slowly releasing at a thousand car per hour on Friday afternoon. So, so it's still on Friday that you get the public gets it, the customers. So the timing hasn't changed. Is the rollout has changed to a thousand car per hour? Which I mean, right now I doubt it's going to take more than a day. Like I said, I doubt there's more than twenty four thousand people. Uh, on the beta, but uh, that could change pretty quickly because now they are going down to the 98 out of 100 and higher. Where you at? 92. Yes. 92. Uh, you have some work to do stuff. I know. <laughs> I was or some work. Yeah. I was up to 93 and now now I'm back down. Yeah. Rough. It's rough out there. Such a strange thing to do. It, it does feel like uh, we're being gamed. It feels, it feels like we're in the uh, squid game. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, all right. Uh, last piece of Tesla news is uh, Panasonic uh, unveiled this week their 4680 uh, cells. So that we call them the Tesla 4680. It's not really a test. Like it's still a Panasonic cell, but it was designed with the Tesla technology that uh, they've been working on. And uh, the the, the specific these on build the cell saying that they're going to provide it to Tesla. Uh, I mean, just not really, they didn't release any spec of the cell. They did say oh, five times more the energy capacity, which grabbed a lot of headlines. But I mean, that's five times more energy capacity than a, a cell more, much smaller. <laughs> so it's not really the, the bigger deal to hear. Uh, of course, the cost advantages are, are, are the ones we're looking for mainly. Uh, but they did give us a little bit of update on production. They say that now they're currently aiming for a test production of those cells by March 2022 at their plant in Japan. Um, so test production. How fast can they go from test production to volume production to sell to Tesla? That's the big question. But uh, I would expect that Panasonic could provide some 4680 from Tesla by the end of next year, which is going to help with volume. So that's that's good on them for that. And last week, we talked about Tesla moving to uh, iron phosphate uh, chemistry for the standard range plus model 3s in Fremont. And um, today, what happened is that uh, we learned that, well, it's a rumor. It's a rumor, to be fair, uh, but coming from a good source in China, that uh, the, the CTL, uh, which might be becoming a bigger supplier of battery cell for Tesla yeah. than Panasonic at this point, despite Tesla having a giant deal with Panasonic at Gigafactory Nevada, uh, that they secured for next year alone 45 gigawatt hour of LFP cells. Uh, that, that's significant because for next year alone, 45 gigawatt hour of LFP, uh, Tesla is packed depending on model, because there's also the model Y standard range, which is a little bit bigger pack in, in uh, China. It would be between seven hundred and eight hundred thousand 
cars, standard range car. So that that would indicate that Tesla could produce as many cars for the standard range alone next year. If then you add the long range, you know, all the different models, and you could ramp up well over a million. So just an indication of a little bit of what kind of uh, supplies, cell supply Tesla could have next year. But the LFC the thing time, is kind of a big surprise, actually. I mean, you know, we've been reporting on it for a while, but like it's kind of come out of nowhere to become like a big story. Um, and I think it's a lot to do with like how safe they are. Uh, like if you were on the fence between a long range and a, and a standard range car and you had the choice between LFP and, uh, the regular lithium ion, I think a lot of people would say, you know what, let me go with the LFP just in case, you know, a brick comes up through my battery pack. You know, I'm, I'm a lot less likely to, for the, for the car to catch on fire. I think that's a big people that's going to play a big role in a lot of people's decisions. I wonder I wonder if LFP is going to be like kind of a sleeper, you know, big technology. I mean, there's still some concern about like um cold weather, right? Uh charging capacity, but right. if they really have fixed that, if it's really the same as the and NCM uh, NMC NCA and those um normally higher density chemistries then yes i mean you're right there's no there's no reason not to really uh yeah and, and, but it's also if the production is going outside of china of those vehicles we, we need the cells to come outside of china too because then you have a lot of you have like the most of the mass of the car traveling around the world before it's even produced so it's a uh, bombing they already do that for, for a lot of cars but uh for the kind of volume that Tesla is talking about, it would make sense uh, to not do that and to get the, the cell production closer to manufacturing. All right, so uh, that's pretty much it for Tesla news this week. And we're going to get uh, to the other news. But first off, we're going to do a quick read from our sponsor, Electrify America. All right. This episode of the Electric Podcast is brought to you by Electrify America. Electrify America now operates the largest coast-to-coast ultra-fast charging network with more than 650 charging stations and growing. It currently has plans underway for around 800 total charging stations with more than 3,500 chargers to be completed by December of this year, so almost next month. And it plans to have more than 1,800 ultra-fast charging stations and 10,000 individual chargers installed by the end of 2025. That includes 50 kilowatt to 350 kilowatt chargers near highways and 50 kilowatt to 150 kilowatt chargers in metropolitan areas. The newly launched Electrify America mobile apps now offer contactless payments along with CarPlay and Android Auto integration, and you can save up to 25% on charging with the new Pass Plus subscription plans. If you're an EV driver and want to learn more about Electrify America and its growing network of charging stations, find out what they're up to at electrifyamerica.com. That's electrifyamerica.com or hit up the link in the show notes. Thanks again to Electrify America for sponsoring this week's show. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, we're going to get into some uh, a few more pieces of news here that are interesting this week. But if you guys have any questions or any other topics that you want us to discuss, please put them in the comment section right now in all caps. And we're going to get to them in just in a few minutes after we get those through through those uh, few new um, information that, that we want to discuss. Which uh, starting with uh, the uh, Bill Better, Bill Back Better. Deal that uh, might finally actually pass if we are to believe the White House. 
the new revised proposal has been released uh, yes, yesterday. And uh, the electric vehicle incentive reform uh, has survived the, the, the changes of the, of the bill, really. So as Appar- you know, the, apparently yeah. this is what's palatable to Mansion and uh, Cinema, right? This is what they've negotiated but, uh, to. Were, were they? Was it ever in contention for for them, or like because uh, I know I know there were other things that were like big uh, hangups for them, like the yeah. Cole. I imagine that stuff is out. I know coal was the big thing for Mansion, obvi- for really obvious and like corrupt reasons, and yes. then and cinema I think just would wanted to be bipartisan for some weird reason. Yeah, but in in the release, they they said clearly that they think that. Even those two are going to pass the bill. So, is it? Does that mean? I mean, I, I don't. You cannot promise anything, but do you think that means it's a done deal or not? Uh, I think they probably would not have put this forward if the, you know a much smaller deal if they hadn't already gotten word from both of those senators that they were going to okay it. Um, obviously, it's a lot smaller than the uh, the original bill, so the, the senators kind of won there. All right, so that's what I thought too. It makes sense. Uh, I didn't get the whole detail, but in the framework itself, the uh, the discussed it's still twelve thousand five hundred, which was the one discussed. Um, the good news is it sounds like the um, union factory maybe uh, thing could have been reduced to twenty five hundred instead of forty five hundred. Yeah, uh, I it's, it sounds likely. So that that's a smaller difference. It's still a difference that doesn't make sense for the if, what the goal of the bill would be to accelerate the adoption and not union, union adoption <laughs> yeah i wonder um, if tesla could just be like uh yeah we have a union it's you know elon union and and uh that's a union so we're good it, just, here's the main like if you want to like take away everything about whether you're pro-union or pro what's the country or pro-union like pro <laughs> anti yeah because anti-union like i don't know but anyway if you want to look at it at its core, let's say that Tesla welcomes a vote of unionization at the, at the factory, and then the workers refuse to unionize. Like they vote against unionizing the factory. Then you put Tesla or any other company that does that at a disadvantage on the market. For no good reason of their own, because their own workers doesn't want to unionize, which is not completely out of uh, of question here. Like it, uh, there has been plenty of union votes been brought forward that didn't go through, so it's it, it's a weird situation. I, I'm not saying that 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 would happen, but let, let's just say that it, the the fact alone that it could happen sh- should uh, invalidate this proposal to start with, because it makes no sense. You disadvantage people, someone that they have not exactly, not necessarily they have power on. Technically, they could have power. They could influence the vote. They could, like, I know this is all these things are problems, but at, at the core of it, it makes no sense because of that. Um, but yeah, at least if it's twenty five hundred instead of forty five hundred difference, uh, it's still put at Tesla as a crazy advantage because Tesla right now is at a seventy five hundred dollar disadvantage, and there, so the disadvantage will get down to twenty five hundred, so five thousand dollar difference, so five thousand dollar bonus for Tesla. Uh, so I don't, I don't think. It's a big bonus a for GM. Yeah. Well, for yeah, GM is the one that's been fishing the most for this, but uh, they need it. No. Um, so I don't think that the fans should fight this too much. <laughs> I mean, if if it's literally illegal, like constitutionally speaking, or something, like sure, go for it. But other than that, like 
let's let's take a win here and just and just go with it. I think. Yeah. So ten thousand dollars cheaper every Tesla car. That's federal. Yeah. It's a big. That's a big. Like uh, that's going to be a big blow to gas cars. Yeah. I don't Massive. know. I don't know. What, when do you think Tesla's going to be able to catch up to demand after that passes? Like three years, four years from now? Like even if they're doubling every year, I don't see them catching up to demand. That if electric vehicles are ten thousand dollars cheaper, it did, like it's just going to blow everything up. Yeah, I mean, at this point, like no one that's producing a good electric car has to worry about demand. I think they right. have to worry about ramping up production in a way that's sustainable, that's profitable, and. Uh, Tesla, I think, is doing that, and he's doing that better than everyone with those gigafactories that they're building. Um, but uh, it's coming back, man. And uh, I mean, the portfolio is starting to look better and better every day because I'm looking at what's going to be the true bottleneck at the end of the day, and it's going to go back to the raw materials. Yeah. So I, I think we need to invest evenly in the raw materials right now because they're going to be a bottleneck. That and recycling the those raw materials, recycling those batteries to to get the run into the back. So great things we're seeing from like uh, Redwood Materials, but there's also a bunch of other companies that are doing recycling. And uh, th- this this is going to be big business. I mean, JB Strouble is no idiot. Like he knew like that the, the, there's need to be more focus there, more money invested there. So that's where Redwood started, but it's going to be a bunch of others too. Tesla itself is going to do their, its own recycling to it. So uh, it, that's, that, that's a, just a no-brainer. So we talked about Toyota earlier, and uh, today they unveiled in Japan uh, the BZ4X. So their first electric—I call them the first electric car from Toyota. They do have some in China, really, but it's like retrofit nonsense. Like this is their first electric vehicle built on a dedicated electric platform for them. So it's their first mass-market EV that's going to be sold globally. That's the way I see it. Uh, they already unveiled it like earlier this year, at least the design of it. It got updated slightly. Oh, I don't know if it's just like the different. I think it was mostly renders last time. Now we're seeing actual pictures. That makes a difference too. Uh, but they didn't release any specs last time. Now we get specs for the first time. And uh, let's discuss it real quick, the specs here. So you get a 71.4 kilowatt hour battery pack in this form factor here, which is a uh, small, mid-sized SUV, something like that. Um, like a relatively spacious backseat, five-seater. It's like a RAV4, right? Yeah, yeah, similar to a RAV4, I would say. Um, so a 71.4 kilowatt hour battery pack in there, it's it's, it's pretty good. Uh, in terms of how it translates into actual range, I'm not I'm not sure how they, they put it as a cruising range per charge, but then they put WLTC in parentheses. So I don't know if it's an actual full WLTC cycle or if it's just cruising speed as part of the WLTC cycle. But they're talking about uh, 210 miles of range, 500 kilometers for the front-wheel drive version. Uh, so they have a front-wheel drive version and they have an all-wheel drive dual motor version that's uh, 286 miles, that's 460 kilometers. Um, not not impossible. I think I think it might be a full WTC, w, WLTC cycle on that. Uh, so they could get relatively close to two hundred miles, three hundred miles of range on the EPA, or maybe closer to two eighty, uh, something like that. Uh, the uh, it's uh, it's not super powerful. Uh, the front wheel drive has a hundred and fifty kilowatt motor, 
And then the all-wheel drive, you get 280 kilowatt motor. So you barely get any more power than, than the front-wheel drive version. You just get it split on two axles. So um, they went they also like boasted about, hey, we use a Subaru's uh, all-wheel drive technology and everything, which we discussed before, like doesn't seem to have any advantage over any other dual motor electric powertrain. Like Subaru has a great all-wheel drive technology with mechanical linkage on their gasoline-powered cars. But that advantage is just disappear if you have a motor on each axle. It's Anyway, they're sticking with that. DC fast charging, 150 kilowatt. So not bad. Not, not amazing. Yeah. yeah, not bad, not great. Um, they claim 80% charge in 30 minutes on that. But like you, you always, well, I always have to verify that because it depends on the, the cycle and everything. Uh, also, what state of charge you start with. Some people, we start like 10 to 80 or 20 to 80. Uh, but when you go to the features of the car, like it, it definitely looks like Toyota. Well, I mean, I hope they've been watching the market because that's all they've been doing, really. They, they haven't played. They just sit on the side uh, and watch the others do it. But uh, they took note and they released a bunch of interesting features for it. So it does come with bi-directional charging. Oh, yeah. First of all, let me specify one quick thing uh, so that we don't raise expectation too much. All those specs and everything is Toyota made it clear it's for the Japanese version of the car. Uh, they say that the details for the U.S. version is going to come next month. So there might be some changes there. Just just to just to be clear, like maybe like this, because we're going to discuss the some of the features maybe some of the features don't make it maybe they go a different battery size or something like that so we're going to keep you updated on that next month when we get the us details but these it should be at least similar so bi-directional charging for vehicle to ohm capacity just like the ionic 5 for example and a bunch of other cars that be coming out uh, a solar roof optional solar roof and we've been kind of on the fence with that technology but it's it's a nice uh, as an option at least it's nice they're talking about a thousand eight hundred kilometers of driving distance per year added to it uh i wouldn't be surprised if that's like optimal capacity if you always like park in the sun every single day at every every hour of the day but uh i mean 10 miles yeah. is nice you know so yeah i mean those things are probably better at just you know keeping the vampire drain down and yeah so but that's fine like that's great. I put put them on every car. Yeah, and, and it's an option if you don't want. It, you don't need it. Then there's this thing that I thought was really interesting here. So the wing shaped steering wheel, which of course is mm. very reminiscent of the Yoke steering wheel that they just released on the Plaid Model S. And uh, Toyota is claiming the same reason for it: better visibility of the of the instrument cluster. Just like Tesla is saying, that's the reason behind it. Also, it just looks cool. Let's be honest; like it just it looks it looks more fun than a regular steering wheel. Um, but here's the big difference with the yoke. And I, have, I mean, everyone knows I'm not a big fan of Toyota, but I'm going to give them credit there. Is like, and it's especially it's not as much I give credit to Toyota on there, where I just I was shocked that Tesla didn't do this when they released that. Uh, they released the yoke. Is that they do or are they are making a steer by wire system for the car? So you, if you do get it with the wing shaped steering wheel, you do get a dynamic steering curve. So at lower speed, it does adapt to it so that you don't have to do like the same amount of revolution that you do with a, um, a round steering wheel so that you don't have to cross your, your end all over the place. Um, 
So that's good. And then also some other improvement on it. Well, of course, with a steer bar wire, they said that they can eliminate some of the vibration that you get from the wheel, uh, which, of course, with a good su suspension, you, you shouldn't see a massive difference, but it's still, it's still nice. It's just going to be like a little bit more comfortable. Um, also, it's going to be able more driving mode, which which I, I, that that's one of the big thing with the, the, the steering wheel. You're going to be able to adapt really to to your own driving style. Uh, of course, like that would have made a ton of sense for the Plaid Model S, which is a performance vehicle that you can actually take to the track and have fun with it and everything. For this kind of underpowered car, it's not that big of a deal, but still, I thought it was interesting that they did that. Uh, the car is landing in Japan in mid 2022. Again, next month we're gonna have the details for the US version. Uh, here are some pictures. Here, I, I, I like the design. I mean, it's uh, not sure I like the two tone on the front. No, here, but, two tone uh, is can not gonna work out for me. But I'm sure that's that's like an option. Right, have different colors and everything. But uh, yeah, I mean they're 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 being unique with it, which is good. It it does. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of a Prius, but just well, the Rav Four, the, the latest Rav Four, they look uh, like sharp angles and aggressive. Right. Like they, uh, it, it's similar to that. So if you're a fan of the Rav Four, uh, you you should like this one. Of course, it always looks better when you have blacked out windows and everything. Which right, is not legal everywhere. Keep that in mind. So. Inside looks nice too. Got the glass roof. Yeah, uh, some people complain about the uh, here uh, like. It looks like a lot of real estate with crevices and everything to like to clean, but I guess a fair point. But I still think it looks pretty good. I lose my credit cards in there, I'm sure. <laughs> so I mean, it's pretty, pretty, pretty good, pretty complicated. Yeah. Well, um. Yeah. Finally, Lucid. Uh, Lucid. Don't we discussed it earlier? But uh, Lucid is uh, finally starting deliveries of the air tomorrow at an event uh, where they are delivering the first dream edition of the air uh, which is a big milestone for the company of course and uh, also for electric cars in general because it's the, the first car that's going to break the 500 mile barrier uh, for the dream edition range uh, both the dream edition range and performance of the same 118 kilowatt battery pack but uh, the range are different depending on the wheel and the actual performance of the car too so Big congrats to Lucid for that. Hopefully, we can get our butts in uh, in the car soon and uh, do it the proper test drive. Yeah, uh, it sounds like uh, LA Auto Show might be a good opportunity. Maybe they'll have something there for us. All right, let's jump into the comments then. All right. Uh, first one from Jonathan Root. Hertz is saying they have the option to purchase an additional 100K Teslas. So we did talk about that. I'm curious. They oh, like we kind of only talked about Model Threes. Do you think there's going to be Model Ys involved anywhere? Price wise, it sounds like they're only talking about Model Three. Like just putting some Model Y in there would uh, increase the price a lot. There's a ten thousand dollar difference, basically. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, especially for Ubering and everything, the back seat in the Model Y is more comfortable than that. Yeah, the a lot more room for baggage as yeah. well. Yes. All right, moving along. Uh, Honda has three EVs coming to China soon, including a performance model. Is there any chance that any of those very cool cars can make it over to North America? Well, certainly a chance. Like, uh, yeah, I'd I mean, be really, really nice. But that would be nice. But so far, everything official coming from Honda has been that uh, 
they're going to rely on GM and the LCM platform to release new cars in the US. So. Which is crazy. But yeah. uh, especially, I mean, like, you know, they have the clarity uh, mm-hmm. already. and But they have that cool little Honda E in Europe. I feel like uh, that would do yeah. well, at least a little bit over here. And, uh, you know, Honda's got a lot of Civic fans. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I feel like they could sell a performance EV over here. And that those people. All right, Greg, part two, given that Tesla is most of the EV fleet, would it push other charger OEMs and software providers faster if Tesla had plug-in charge plus a CCS adapter? Well, it would certainly be nice because uh, plug-in charge is like, you know, we talked to um, Shell's uh, COO, uh, own screen lots, and her her point of view was, well, we would do, we would move faster on plug-in charge if more cars supported it. And, you know, that's when I start banging my head on the desk saying, yeah. they, the car companies say that they, they're not doing yeah. it because none of you guys support it. Like, just do it. Like, we know this is where we're all going to end up. Like, just do it. Do it. Anyway, is, it a, uh, is it a big investment anyway, too? Like, it's like, no, it's software. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an investment in software, but it's not like, you know, the, the, the places have the hardware to do it now. So, But um, but the CCS adapter is coming, apparently. Um, yeah. That, just, like, that, just like confirmed it earlier this month. So. Yeah, I wonder... Uh, I get I I think we said this last time, but I think it's probably time to sell our CC or our Chatamo adapter. Chatamo, yeah. Uh, but you know, if anybody wants one, hit me up. All right, uh, Shane <laughs> Sullivan says, any news of Tesla moving to three hundred volt battery? Eight hundred uh, volt. I think they're they the. the I think plat- that's coming. The uh, pad was a more higher voltage battery, I, but not not, not eight hundred though. Not right, it was like five hundred uh, or something. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to see that with the Cybertruck, probably with uh, maybe with the Roadster, uh, but uh, not not any sooner than that. I think. All right, moving along. Uh, Shannon Sullivan again. We'll never buy a Toyota EV ever. Okay. Well, a lot of people have this feeling because of their lobbying against electric vehicles and uh, a lot of their stance against it. So yeah, I, I understand, but at the same time, like. Never say never. Uh, yeah, if 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 they come out like and they invest evenly and the production volume comes, they're great EVs. Like, it's we need every every bit that can help, and it's it's gonna help, even though they were not helping until now. All right, this is a weird one. Jed Anderson says, "Any news on the big cobalt mine they were planning to reopen in Cobalt, Ontario? Is, is that real, even?" Uh, I think that's really. I think there's a town called Cobalt that there used to be a big mine there and stopped production. And the, um, because the the price of cobalt fluctuated a lot over the years. I, I'm not familiar with that specific project, uh, so I, I cannot comment on it. But uh, there's there's a bunch of cobalt project that looks interesting right now. A lot of them are linked to nickel project too because there's it's sometimes a byproduct of a, a mining nickel. So. It's, I think those are more interesting because we need a lot of nickel too. All right. Moving on. Uh, with Rivian ramp troubles to be expected and Amazon 20% stake, which we found out about today, any thoughts of a takeover by Amazon and copycat Jeff who? Uh, so we actually uh, had some good talk time with um, Rivian CEO, uh, RJ Scringe, um when we were out uh testing the uh, R1S, R1T. Um, 
and that I didn't bring it up, but somebody else brought up that question and he was, he kind of laughed at it. And then he said something about don't the Saudis own a bunch of Rivian. Uh, no, Saudis is, uh, about me. Maybe, maybe they are invested in it, but, uh, lucid, lucid as a giant investment. From yeah. So Saudis. he said something about like, they're, they're not even the biggest investor or something. And he, oh. he kind of, he kind of, he, I, I don't want to start a rumor, but it mm. just, uh, um, he just, you know, just put it, you know, he, he really just didn't think that was at all a possibility. Um, and, and with 20% of the stake, they can't really do anything. Um, they could try to buy more and do a hostile takeover, but I don't think there's any possibility that uh, Rivian's going to become an Amazon company. I mean, they won't even put CarPlay or Android Auto in the, the car, although hmm. they do have Alexa in there. So, hmm. Don't know about that. Yeah. All right. What do you think? I mean, I don't know. I don't see any benefit one way or the other, really. So, like, I don't. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I would be kind of bummed if it was like an Amazon. Yeah, pe- yeah people have mixed feeling about Amazon for sure, but uh, like Amazon Basics truck. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Shane Sullivan, surely solid state battery after all their talk. Uh, I think he's talking about Toyota again, maybe. Surely, uh, yeah. I mean, it's not coming to the BZ. Or X. All right. Uh, CIA but, Vermont. Oh, sorry. Uh, CIA Vermont asks any semi news or rumors at all this week. Have we heard anything about the semi in a while? Uh, no, not very recently. Other than the mega pack, the, the mega pack, the mega charger that we discussed uh, two weeks ago, that's coming up in Nevada. I would expect to see more more vehicle, more uh, vehicle coming out of the low production facility and the. Hopefully by the end of the year. All right. One last thing. It's a Seth, just reset your score for FSD opt out and back in takes two days to get in. I'm 20 minutes behind the live. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. I didn't know you could do that. Uh, Doesn't it it. start at 90 though? I I thought it'd start at 90 when you reset. So you would know. be down. You would be down two points. Yeah, but th- then it would be easy to go up. I could just because uh, because the average of your would, would right. be on a smaller sample. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know if it's worth it. Something to consider. Yep. All right. Well, thanks everyone for watching. Thanks everyone for listening this week. Again, I apologize for the audio. Uh, should be back normal next week since I'm going back to my my place. Um, Gonna get to hang. I have to get a new traveling mic now, or just a cable, really. All right. So, um, if you did like the show, please give us a thumbs up or review. We always appreciate that. And we're gonna see you same time, same place next week. Have a good one.